Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Molly Movie Club. I'm Casey Muratori. I'm Anna Retberg. Is it a special edition or just, you know? Yes, it is kind of a special okay. edition. This is an unusual month for Molly Movie Club because normally the subscribers pick the movies. That's how it works. Yeah. Right? And uh, this month, though, it was decided because a subscriber had asked for me to complain about some movies <laughs> for some reason. So we were going to do kind of an alternating thing where I'm going to complain and, and alternately complain and praise different movies. Yeah, potentially. We didn't want to watch a bunch of like entirely yeah. terrible movies. That just doesn't seem super fun. So As fun as rants can be, uh, it's not necessarily fun to just have them. You don't want five rants in a row. You probably don't want to listen to five rants in a row, but also that means I have to watch five yeah, terrible movies in a row, and that's suffer. not good either. You have to suffer. It's really bad for everybody. It's true. But this is a special edition because this movie, Lightyear, mm-hmm. was picked by me, as I just explained. But it was picked not because I necessarily wanted to conclude it in this month. But rather because for some unknown reason, and I do not know why, just recently, Pete Docter, who is one of the executive producers on this and one of the main guys with Andrew Stanton, I guess, who is in charge of stories at Pixar. Like they are in charge of like sort of I mean, they're they're very high up people. They basically been, run the yeah. studio. Right? Well, and they've been there. I mean, they're they're some of the original sort yes. of Pixar people when you think about old school Pixar. Yeah, they're like in the original group of people who came up with the what they were going to do for Toy Story and A Bug's Life and those kind of films. And they're still there. John Laster's obviously gone, but and there's probably some other people who are gone uh, who would have been in that cabal of people or whatever, but but they're still here. Anyway, Pete Doctor was asked about, you know, kind of what happened with Lightyear because as probably everyone knows, it was neither a crowd favorite nor a critic favorite. It was kind of just like, okay, there was this movie and no one cared. It basically just flopped and no one liked it. It it just was a complete nothing burger. And that's kind of surprising because, you know, it's technically in the Toy Story orbit and Toy Stories 1 through 4 were extremely popular films. They were, it's like a very long running franchise and it had been consistently uh, very highly regarded in both ways, meaning both in terms of people going to see it and also in terms of like critics saying it was a good film, right? Yes. Um, Now, I, you know, I have mixed feelings about that. I thought Toy Story 1 through 3 were actually fantastic films. I 100% was on the bandwagon. I thought Toy Story 4 sucked. So I don't share the unanimously favorable opinion of their piece, but one through three were legitimately fantastic. I was very disappointed in four. There was also this thing with four of just like, it shouldn't exist. Maybe they should have just Which, quit while they were Which, to be honest, but... this movie has, a, has, for me, a lot of the same problem. For me, this movie, Lightyear, feels like... Um, a generic kind of sci-fi movie. What's the director's name? Angus McLean. For me, it feels like that he had this idea for a sci-fi movie, and they were like, "Well, yeah, we can't just do like a sci-fi movie without attaching it to some existing IP. So let's, I guess, attach it to Toy Story kind of distantly. Let's make it Lightyear. It doesn't. It just doesn't make any sense. I think that would be a very charitable 
interpretation of what might have happened. I like I can't figure out how you'd be like, OK, we're going to sit down and make a movie about Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. And this is what you come up with. Well, I think that's what I'm trying to say. I believe that is what happened. You're... That doesn't make any sense. The only <laughs> thing that makes sense is like he had this other script and he's like, well, let's shoehorn Buzz Lightyear into I, it. I don't think so. I think this was literally my recollection, having read their vague, you know, things they said about it was that. He really wanted to make whatever the movie was. Like, he thought that was cool to, like, make whatever the movie was that inspired the Buzz Lightyear toy. I'm okay, actually. I'm very okay with that idea. Okay. I have no problem with being like, okay, let's sit down and think about the kind of movie that would come out in 1995, the kind of science fiction movie that a kid would love. Yes. Let's sit down and make that movie. That idea sounds super fun. It does. No one did that for this movie. Yeah, Disney is incapable of making that movie for various yeah. reasons. Yeah, institutionally, politically, I mean, there are so many reasons that they they can't make a James Cameron or a George Lucas film. They they simply don't know how to do that. So it's it's yeah. out of the question that they could rewind time and do something like that. But let's pause that for one second because I haven't got to the thing I was saying about Pete Doctor. He was asked about what happened with Lightyear and his explanation for why it was not a well-received movie. Even the most charitable interpretation of what he said still sounded like blaming the audience and not them. It was one of those things you say when you don't really think you screwed up. It's interesting to me because this movie ostensibly is about mistakes which is kind of funny and it's also about like moving on from them so one thing that is funny about the way they handled it was they themselves didn't even remember that the movie they made was supposed to be about mistakes and moving on from them because if you actually were someone who this meant something to you if there was any soul in this movie which there isn't you would have said something like, well, you know, the movie's about how we deal with mistakes and this was, I guess, just a mistake of ours and we're, you know, now we just have to move on from it, right? Yeah. Just like the movie says. That's what someone who believes in what they make would say. Or but- and not, not just believes in what they make, but understands I, uh, what they make. I mean, for me, I think it just highlighted this, like, disconnect between what you think you're making and what you're making. Like a lack of understanding of the actual story that you're telling. In a way, but I think it also gets to something deeper, which is that there is no soul. For a movie for a company that makes a movie called Soul, there's nothing of them actually in these movies. Yeah. Right? There isn't a piece of them in the movie. And so When they talk about it, it's like they are talking just about a thing, an abstract object that they went in and worked on and then go home at the end of the day, right? And so to them, it's not like, oh, there was a meaning to this movie and I felt something about it and it was depressing to me that audiences didn't connect with my vision or any of that stuff. They were just like, the product did not fit the target audience. Like, it's very disturbing the way they talk about it, too. Well, to be fair, though, that was Pete Doctor. I think 
Angus McLean. I think he cared about this movie genuinely. From what I've seen, from what I've read, I think he did care about this movie. I think it meant a lot to him. You can still fail. What I will say is this movie absolutely fails to convey any sort of emotion or or really interest to the the viewer. Like the viewer, I, I am bored for most of this movie. This movie uh, has nothing in it of value. Is yeah. I guess the way I would say it. And the thing that's like, like the, I think the most the most disappointing thing about this, weirdly to me, is just how derivative everything is. Everything is just the most generic boring yeah seen it a million times sci-fi thing sci-fi design for everything and it's so depressing like <laughs> i mean your deal like when you think about you think about the design of buzz lightyear like this is what you're starting with like this is why i'm like so frustrated you yeah. sit down and you're like okay we're gonna make a, a buzz lightyear movie in fact when i was a kid there was a there was a animated cartoon it was right, like buzz lightyear star command i've never seen it i i watched it it was fun and it was that kind of space adventure with lots of aliens and adventure it, it was fun it was fun for kids but you think about that design of that costume right it's it's brightly colored and it's pretty extreme and his design yeah. is pretty extreme yes and you think about the 90s you think about what things looked like in the 90s right yeah this is where you start with a Buzz Lightyear movie, yeah. right? What is a movie, a 1995 movie? Like, what do we do to capture that feeling? Yes. It's infuriating to me that it, at no point, it, it would appear, did anyone do that thought process? Well, the, the I think the core issue with this film, the fact that it's incompetent on every level other than just the graphical, like the rendering quality is nice. Yeah. I think the, um, the lighting and the obviously right, the textures the, and the the pipeline is working well. They've got yeah. that down, and so it yeah. looks quite. Good. I would say the animation is I, is really nice. The the um, facial expressions Decent, yes. are really really well done. You know, but yeah, the besides all of the storytelling stuff, which we'll get into in a second, being awful, the core idea makes no sense. Why this isn't a movie for kids. There's nothing in it for kids. This is supposed to be a movie that is so inspiring to children like Star Wars. Yeah. That they want the Luke Skywalker doll. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So the core thing you had to do when you sat down to make this movie was go, how is this a, a classic movie about the kind of a hero that a young boy who plays with cowboy dolls yes. or something, right? This is not a modern child. This is not a child who is going to be conforming to Disney's ideas about things. This is a child in the 90s who plays with a literal cowboy doll. Why is he going to want to buy a Space Ranger toy? So if you don't have an answer to that question, you're full of shit as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. The opening text of this movie says this is the movie that Andy went to see before he bought the Buzz Lightyear doll. That's what it says. Well, that's this is the reason that I, I to me, it felt like another movie shoehorned in. It's like this movie is confused a lot yeah. about who it's for. It's like half interstellar yes. and like half a Pixar movie. Yes. And... It's just confused. Like, I am totally on board. 
Like when I first actually when I first saw the trailer for Lightyear, the very mm-hmm. first trailer they released like a teaser. I yeah. actually was like, "Ooh, I'm interested because I love the idea of a darker, more adult animated sci-fi movie." Okay. I would totally see that, right? I want there to be more adult skewed animation. Like Titan AE. Yeah, a great example. I love that movie. I mean, it's got its problems, but Sure, sure. It's know, a lot better than this movie. Oh, a lot better than this movie. Um, way more creative, way more original. Yeah. So, like, I, I was on board initially with the idea, not knowing what they were actually, you know, because initially, too, you didn't know what the connection to the toy was, right? Because there, you, you didn't have to make it the movie that Andy saw. Right. You could have done There's something There's other else stuff there. you could have done. So, not knowing any of not knowing any of that, I was, like, on board with it. But, yeah, it's just... When you actually see the movie, it ends up feeling very confused. It's more than confused, I guess is what I would say. Confused is one thing. You could say Interstellar was confused. This movie's more than confused. It's just, I think, I keep coming back to full of shit. Meaning, there's a difference between being confused and just lying or acting in bad faith. And that's why I, I think I can't quite get there on the did people really care about this movie. You, you certainly um, feel you're thinking of it much more cynically than I am. Because if you sat, if you put in front of your movie the words, this is the thing Andy saw, how did you think this was a movie that kids relate to? In this movie, Buzz Lightyear is completely unrelatable for a child. Mm-hmm. He's hung up about his past. Children don't have a past. <laughs> That's the point. That's why they like things like Star Wars is because Luke Skywalker doesn't have a past. He's about the future. He's like, I want to become a star warrior, basically, right? I want to go to the stars. Like, it's hopeful. Yeah, it I mean, involves. He's a dreamer. He's a dreamer. He's looking forwards. That's children. You made a movie for adults, like lousy adults like adults with emotional baggage like not adults you want to hang around with well and I, I think that also, might be fine for a sophisticated film like like interstellar is trying to do sure but that's not a kid's movie it's just not right. well it ends up feeling that i think that's why it feels confused because the tone is just a mess it's like it ends up feeling childish and silly while also being very much not kid friendly yeah exactly and so kids are going to be bored i mean i'm an adult and i was bored kids are going to be very bored by this movie it's not colorful right it's gritty it's hyper realistic uh, almost to a fault i would say the level of of realism and detail in the design they pushed it pretty far with the faces yeah they're still cartoony but they pushed it way farther than something it's like borderline uncanny valley it's okay like it's not it hasn't gone over the yeah. edge but it's closer than i prefer sure for my animation yeah um it's not like what kids want to watch it's just not so you know a movie that's entirely about looking backwards that is doesn't involve the future that doesn't involve like i'm gonna grow up to be an ex that's that is what a a kid buys a toy well, for. well and right? on top of that like right off the bat buzz is not even heroic no like Right off the bat, he's kind of over it all. He's in, he's acting in a very he's aloof, he's annoying. He's he's he, and he's annoyed by everyone around him. In the, like the first scene, yeah. they introduce this cadet yeah. who gets swallowed by a vine, and both the two main characters run away, run away, yep. and don't even say anything. No. They're like, "Yeah, screw that guy." Like it's they don't so... know, they get back to the ship, 
And then they notice him popping back out again. And then they're like, oh, maybe I'll go try to save yeah, him. Like, just, now? But it's like, that's like the, it, I mean, right off the bat, you're like, okay, this guy's not a hero. He's a piece of shit. Like, it's just so weird. But there's other things. So, again, full of shit is the only way to describe this movie. It's just so full of shit. It's not about Buzz Lightyear. It's not for kids. It just says a bunch of things, and it doesn't mean any of them. Here's another thing. This is the first time anyone's ever seen Buzz Lightyear. Remember, the toy and Toy Story don't exist yet. (laughs) So... This is supposed to be the first time we meet Buzz Lightyear. This is the first time we I mean, meet Buzz Lightyear. I, yeah. What are you doing? Like, it's so ridiculous. You're supposed to see him in at least some kind of an entrance. Like, this is terrible. I'm thinking, it doesn't like, make sense. I mean, I'm thinking, like, William Shatner, Wrath of Khan yeah. entrance. Like, give your main character sort of... I mean, you don't have to go that route. That's a heroic entrance. Well, you already know who William Shatner is at that point because it's multiple scenes in. I'm talking about, like, again, I'll just go back to any any classic movie that starts with a hero like that. This movie is as if we started the Indiana Jones sequence with him basically running away from the boulder. In the outset of Indiana Jones, it's like the first thing we see is someone like pulls a gun on him and he whips around and like whips the guy, the gun out of the guy's hand. Right. And then he comes into frame. There's something iconic about that the first time you see it. It's sucking you in and then you're walking forwards and he's like he has the spiders on him and he like brushes them off and he's like, you know, it's no big deal. Those are just there to like build character, right? They're slowly doing that, right? To make him Well, the to, first time you see him, yeah, the the first the opening shot. I know this because it's the opening shot of our comic. It's like a, you know, it's the mountain and yeah, then yeah, yeah. a silhouette from behind. Yeah. It's very carefully constructed to it's not be careful. an action sequence, right? And, and to and to immediately draw your focus to this character and the intrigue of this character. Who is he? It's 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 drawing you in right from the start. So in this one, Instead, what happens is it's just exposition. There is nothing about Buzz Lightyear's character in the entire opening of the film. What happens is we just get the exposition dump of what they're doing. He's giving a mission log, telling them about what they're trying to explore the planet, and that they need to find the habitable life, and then they're looking around. And It's not about him. We know who Buzz Lightyear the toy is. We don't know who Buzz Lightyear the hero is. Yeah. They're not the same person. And so, you know... I think you make a classic movie. Like, this should have been a movie where you're like, oh, cool. Like, we saw Buzz Lightyear and he was, like, working at he, – he's, he's a low-ranking guy at the thing and he's like, he just wants to go to space someday. He's like, I can't wait to go out to the stars. And, and then, like, someone's with him. It's like, it's like, why do you even want to go out there? There's nothing out there. It's just, it's just infinite nothing. And he's like, infinity is, like, my favorite thing. Like, I want to explore it all or whatever, right? You – it, the movie freaking writes itself. It's so easy to how you make a heroic movie, but Disney doesn't know how to do that anymore. Like they don't, they they don't know what that well, and, is. Right? And then the other um, thing is like the amount of fun you could have making it feel like a movie from the nineties. Yes. Like think of how much fun you could have yes. as a designer. Yeah. It's like what if? Hey Disney. Hey writers room there at Pixar. What if your all your crappy adult baggage didn't have to make it into every fucking film? <laughs> Like, have you thought about that for a second? Like, what if you actually thought for a second that a kid might want to watch something optimistic? That it didn't have to be about lamenting about the past in, uh, you know, this one. uh, Inability to control your emotions in Inside Out. It's like, how about just the future? 
Like, this is an opportunity to just tell a positive, hopeful story about the future. They can't. Like, they cannot, in their heads, imagine Star Wars. They own the rights to Star Wars, (laughs) and they can't imagine what it would be. They've lost the ability. In a way, the best movie you could have made of the tone they actually wanted for Lightyear yeah. would have about the people making Lightyear. <laughs> if you made a movie about the people making Lightyear and how broken they are and how broken their company is, that they can't imagine a positive, heroic experience. Yeah. Well, and I just to, to go off of a little bit what you were just saying, there's a guy in Star Command, which, I mean... You spend the entire movie basically on one planet and in orbit just around that planet. Yeah. And Space Ranger. Space Ranger. Landlocked Space Ranger. And and it's also just like the whole movie's kind of about like why you shouldn't try to achieve great things and why you should just be content with like Yes. being locked in this small little world on this small little planet. It's like it's not a movie about dreamers as we were saying. It's like you should be fine with what you've got. Don't bother trying to reach for anything better. No, yeah. And like Buzz is trying to secure a better future, right? Yeah. And at the end of the movie's like, nah. No, that's not worth it. You know, science and technology and progress, those things are not that good. What matters is like the nuclear family. It's a weird thing for <laughs> yeah. Disney to say, yeah. right? They were basically, it's like the most conservative message you could send. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. really, all we should just do is just, we should just stay in our bubble, mm-hmm. in our laser shield and have children. That's the message of Lightyear. A thanks for coming. <laughs> so anyway, right off the bat in this freaking turd of a film, I mean, this movie is awful. And to blame the audience for not liking this movie, it was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, this is a turd of a film. And when you squeezed it out, you had to know. If you didn't know, you need to take a long, hard look at yourself in the mirror and go, do I still know what my job is, right? Yeah. But anyway, so right off the bat, this what's this movie? He calls his ship a space turnip. <laughs> what in Buzz Lightyear's characterization that we know of so far? He's by the book. Everything is like mm-hmm. the rule, like the mission and the rules and what's going on. He calls it a space turnip. He never does anything like that in, in the real Toy Story, right? No, I mean, he's... Woody he's... calls things a space turnip. Right. They Buzz, got their characters flipped. Buzz is is extremely serious. And I mean they yeah. they sort of like try to do that with with some of the stuff he kind of like says, but he doesn't come across as sort of like serious to the mission. He He's just not com- written that way. He just has these parts where it's like, oh right, Buzz Lightyear was supposed to be serious. I I got reminded of that for five seconds. So I call the person Commander Hawthorne instead of just Hawthorne. But then five seconds later he's like space turnip. Yeah, and like a lot of the quotes that they use are from the original, like the ones that yeah. actually feel like Buzz Lightyear because yeah. they're from the toy. That they're like, oh, do you remember this? Do you remember when Buzz Lightyear the toy said yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, actually, I don't really because I don't well, care. Well, I do. But yeah. But it's just like, those are the only moments where you're like, okay, I guess that's Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. But then it's like, nope, no, it's not somebody else. So the people who supposedly wrote a script for this, I mean, I guess I'll believe that there was one at some point. If you tell me there was... Wrote all that down, and then they were like, you know what? There's, there's a rookie on the mission with them. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be this really funny bit about sad eyes. <laughs> that, like, again, not a Buzz Lightyear characterization. That's Woody. 
Woody is the character yes. who would say, like, Woody is he's going to do sad eyes. I don't want to look at the sad eyes. Oh, come on, Mr. Potato Head. Don't do the sad eyes. Fine. Right. That's Woody. Yes. You forgot which freaking character well, is I, in the film. It's There's a I, I think it's like the movie's inability to be earnest. Yes. At all times, like Buzz has to be kind of just like, all right, guys. Yeah. Like it's it's like it's not like, Buzz Lightyear. It's also just like annoying because it's like it, it it feels like the filmmakers are looking down on anybody who might want to have like an earnest experience. It's kind of the opposite of fan service. It's yeah. like fan annoyance. Like we're intentionally just doing it's a terrible like you're, job. You're trying on this to make character. yourself be like, don't worry, we're one of the cool kids or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like yeah, no, you're like, not. No, it's like why? What is your goal here? Okay, so the Suck Festival continues because <laughs> because. They then have this rookie with them on this mission, right? Yeah. Which is to scout the planet or something. Everyone is in cryo sleep. Why would you be thawing out a rookie? If people still needed training, don't put them in the freezer. Train them first and then freeze them. Why do you have rookies on ice to thaw out to take with you? What are you talking about? Separately, why did they thaw him? If Buzz doesn't want a rookie on the trip, don't thaw him out. Like, it doesn't make sense. Thaw out one of the other competent space rangers. It's so freaking stupid. That's why I think this movie feels like literally they just took a bunch of like, hey, we saw this in a sci-fi movie once. Let's put it in our movie. Like, they threw together... All these little bits and bobs uh, and things, and like none of it makes any none sense of it together. Makes sense. But they're like, but I saw it in a sci-fi movie one time, yeah. so let's put it in here. Oh, what about the red shirt thing? And he'll get eaten by the whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what anyone was thinking when they wrote this screenplay. It's it's seriously one of the worst screenplays that there is. Like you can put this next to Plan Nine from Outer Space, and it would be an honest toss-up which one you would grab least, if you had to film it. At least that one's earnest. I, I do believe Ed Wood probably cared about his film. Yes. I, I honestly do believe yes. that. Um, but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. We just keep going. Then <laughs> the root attacks and Commander Hawthorne goes, everyone back to the ship. It's just her and Buzz. The rookie, she just watched the rookie get swallowed. There's only two people. Who's everyone? <laughs> Who is she talking to? It's so maddening to watch this film because you're like, what did you write that line what were you thinking? Did you think there were more people and then you removed those people from the scene and then didn't change the line? Like, did it used to have stage direction that was like all the space marines run back to the ship? And then they were just like, so, well, in when we actually animated it, we decided not to put no, them in. No, honestly, what maybe happened was like when they decided to animate it, they'd be like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if the rookie got just like swallowed up? And they're like, but he's supposed to run back with him. Like, well, let's just have him it pop may be. back up later. Maybe. But this is why I say, okay, this is why I keep trying to say, and I don't understand where the disconnect comes in. How do you believe someone cared about a movie? It's not like an audience watching the film. You have to put this freaking thing together. You're in the edit room looking at the screenplay, going like, okay, wait, how many people are on this scene? It's like, everyone. Who's everyone? No, it's hey, true. I mean, Carl, why is there an everyone in this script? There's nobody in this scene. And they're like, oh, yeah, uh, get the voice actor back in. We'll just switch it over to uh, Buzz back to the ship. Right. It's like, no, they're just like, nah, couldn't be bothered. Just ship it. It's fine. Yeah. No, it's true. Uh, I mean, it's hard to know. I mean, movies are big, complicated beasts. It's hard to know exactly what led to any given thing. I can believe that things slip through because of chaos. You know what I mean? But 
So there's a lot of sloppiness in this. For there's sure. a lot of sloppiness. So this initial scene uh, is is what I would call single duty, which is the worst kind of scene. Single duty scene is one where the only thing it does is the one thing that you absolutely had to do, which is like, okay, they have to get marooned on this planet. So what is all of the information content in this scene at all? That's it. Right. What the scene was supposed to do, like if you want to go back to the Indiana Jones example, establish the character, what they're like, mm-hmm. give us a good, strong feeling for who they are and what they're going to do. We have none of that. He's like us kind of silly slapstick guy in one second where he's like, don't do sad eyes. And then the next minute, he's like supposed to be heroically diving after the, the rookie who he just abandoned five seconds earlier. So now I don't know. Is he just like has some kind of really temperamental personality disorder thing where like, he like only save you when it's like convenient for, for him. him or something? Yeah. I don't know. So it doesn't do any of that. And it also doesn't establish the relationship between Hawthorne and Buzz. So one of the things that this scene really needed to do, if you were going to have it do double duty, is it has to establish the two of them, right? But Casey, they have some fun banter. They don't, but even that wouldn't have been enough. We're supposed to see that they share things together, like they actually care and have the same hopes and dreams, or they meant a lot to each other. We need that here. That's crucial to the story. What we actually see is we see her throw him a gun and he catches it. Good teamwork. That's what we see. I mean, yeah, sort of, uh, so that we can have the callback later when her her granddaughter doesn't successfully throw him the gun. Like It's just the most... Baby level, baby level storytelling. But what I'm trying to say here is even that doesn't work. They just kind of, ha- she's like, hey, the, you know, stop giving the mission log. No one listens to those, I guess. Right. Which, again, is not very interesting, but it doesn't help us figure out what these two characters are about. And, like, why are they best friends or what's going on here? It's just, like, annoying things that two people say to each other and there's really nothing going on there. Well, it's, you know what's right? funny is, like, <clears throat> actually last last month when we watched the rom-coms, we talked about, like, the sort of thing that happens when sometimes in a movie there's a man and a woman and they're the man in the movie and the woman in the right. movie and so they inevitably are going to end up together yeah. even though the movie might not do any work. This is the action so, like, version the, of that. Well, no, it's the friendship version of that. Yeah. It's like, well, they're teammates and so they're obviously best friends. Yep. And it just expects you to kind of like go along with that without earning it. Give us an actual scene. Have these two people have a conversation. We know she's going to get married. That's a thing that's going to happen pretty soon here. It's like 10 minutes away, Mm -hmm. 20 minutes away. Mm -hmm. We want the audience to care about that. We want the audience to care about the fact that Buzz missed that, that he didn't get to see who it was that she ended up falling in love with and, and whatever, right? When they get thawed out, here's a thought, guys, just like... When they get thawed out, there's a thing where they have to de-thaw for a little bit. They're, they're like, it's a little bit slow to like de-thaw. So they just sit and they share like a food or something together when they're thawing. And like, they just talk a little bit about old times. Just give me something. And she says like, yeah, you know, it's been a long time in cryosleep. You're never going to meet anybody, you know? And I just, I don't know. I wish I had a family before we went out here. Maybe someday, right? Anything, guys. This is so freaking basic. Well, it's also too, it highlights just how little time this movie gives to his characters it's so like action beat to action beat to action beat to action beat there's no and decompression it's, and it and it's like when movies do that they they i think they must think audiences these days like only want to see action like that they have no patience or something but it's so boring like I, you become so disengaged at least i do when Me it's too. just like non-stop action and it never gives the characters a, a moment to just breathe and exist. 
And to tell us about what their deal is, right? I need to know what Chunky's deal is. That's the thing, <laughs> right? And so to me, it's really crucial that we get these like interactions between characters that let us know things about them that help us contextualize what happens later. Everything in this movie feels hollow, not because we couldn't have done a good job, yeah. but because we didn't. We didn't set them up to have an emotional investment. Well, so can, when I, Buzz Lightyear is supposedly like, oh, I missed out on their wedding or that she even met somebody the first time, like she was engaged, we don't care. I'm just like, I don't care that he missed that. Did, did they even talk about that kind of thing? Were they that close friends? I, I didn't even know at know, that point. If you had actually just taken that... That first, like, 20 minutes, because that's all it is, right? Like, 20 yeah. minutes or so, and just made that the whole movie. I think that could have been a lot more interesting. I, th- yeah. I still don't think that would have been a good Buzz Lightyear movie. I st- no, it wouldn't. But it might have been a good sci-fi movie. Yes, I agree. And it's just about, he, he's in this space program testing, and he misses the milestones in his best friend's life. That's a great, introspective, classic, if nothing else, Star Trek episode. Yeah, and I think if it had been animated, that alone would have been, like, a, a kind of like a nice addition to like the sci-fi movie sort of catalog right but it's the movies but like yeah we'll just spend 20 minutes on that and just make it like a montage where so we don't even get to really see the characters interacting you don't feel any of it no it's just just like oh he opens a door and now we see and he opens a door and now we see and it's like that that isn't effective like i i understand what you're going for here and there's potential but one of the problems here, I think, is they did a really nice job with that opening montage in Up. Everyone really liked it. I think they kind of feel like that's their get out of jail free card now. Yes. It's not. It's not even that good in Up. It's a good montage. It makes a good short film. Up is actually a lousy movie. The only- One of the reasons it's lousy is because of that montage. Because it packs all of its emotional content into this short little thing at the beginning, and the rest of the movie doesn't really work. And so I think even in Up, the lesson you should learn is... Don't do that. So I don't know. This was That was all a disaster. Let's talk about the mistake. So we crash land on this planet. Yeah. And we are supposed to believe that Buzz Lightyear like internalizes this as like having made a mistake. This is crucial to the film because the whole film, the entire film in terms of story is supposed to be about Buzz's alter ego and himself. Casey, it turns out Buzz's worst enemy is himself. himself. Yes. Despite the fact that Zerg was already established to be Buzz Lightyear's father well, in is... Toy Story 2, oh. and they try to, like, brush that aside by saying dad when he comes out of the thing, but that doesn't really work because he finds out immediately that it wasn't. So even in the movie, we know it's not his father. So is, that again, doesn't work. Once again, why I say, like, trying to connect all this to, Bu- to Lightyear only makes it worse, worse. because yeah. it's disappointing. Every time they connect yes. it to Buzz Lightyear, you're it's like, bad. Ugh. <laughs> right? I really do think that Disney in general no longer has the ability to write something, A, from the heart, and B, joyful. Mm -hmm. They they do not have the capacity. It is not possible for them to write something that is truly joyful. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that you could make a movie that's kind of like a 90s romp where it's kind of playing on Star Wars a little bit and the Zerg guy ends up, is, is for some reason, Buzz Lightyear's father or whatever. Yeah. It's, it, they don't. They would have no idea how to make that movie. It's it's institutionally impossible for them. Yeah, I mean, I think there's such a there's such a cynicism now yeah. in everything, and that lack of earnestness. There's just like you're always going to fail when you're trying to do these these kids movies. So the mistake that he supposedly makes is, I don't know. 
<laughs> because he doesn't make a mistake. Well, yeah, because so, it's like the he. I guess it's well, he crashed the ship, but the rookie was like, "I'll help you." But what was the rookie going to do? The rookie couldn't do anything. Buzz there, did the best he could with a bad n- situation. He he, it, it wasn't his mistake really. It was just you know bad situation. And so one of the interesting things, and I'll just jump to this now because we can go through other plot points, but I wanted to take this part on because it makes sense to talk about it in connection. So in this movie, the basic idea that they probably had originally when they were talking about this movie is like, oh, well, the movie is supposed to be about people who make mistakes. And so because we only really know how to do one thing, all the characters will have made mistakes. Like that's what it's going to be. Right. An interesting, if boring, way to approach something. Right. The convict... Oddly enough, who obviously made mistakes because they ended up in jail, is the only person who we never really deal with that about. So we kind of just forget her for right now because she's not one of the people who makes a mistake or is dealing with a mistake. I assume that was sort of in their mind. It's like, oh, well, she's a comic, so she made a mistake in the past. The other two characters besides Buzz, Hawthorne's granddaughter. Izzy. Izzy. And whoever Taika Waititi is... Yeah, I don't know what the character's name is. uh, I have no idea what his name is. We'll call him Taika. Those two characters make mistakes, and we see Buzz Lightyear, like, kind of inspire them to keep going. This is part of the film. So if you look at what happens there, the rest of the parts that are about mistakes in this movie Mm -hmm. are about self-confidence. It's about... I'm not good enough to go to space. I'm not good enough to pilot this ship. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough to fire this gun or whatever, right? And it's about being inspired and gaining self-confidence to do the things. That's what we see in Taika's character. That's what we see in Izzy's character. It's very clear. It's also, right? I think, about teamwork and accepting help as well. It's like... So I agree that that is said. It's not ever really clear that that is a through line. It happens, but it doesn't really make sense when it happens. We can talk about that one separately. Mm-hmm. So teamwork's a separate thing. We're talking about the mistake part for now. Buzz Lightyear's mistake has nothing to do with that. He is totally self-confident. He's too self-confident, in fact. He's so confident that he's like, I need to fix this. Like, I am the one who's always going to fix this, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to go fix it. So the stories are, like, c- confusing, I don't understand how his idea of what a mistake is, which I don't even know what the mistake even was, how that is supposed to relate to these other characters making mistakes and then finding self-confidence. Because this movie isn't about self-confidence for the main character. So it's like they went out of their way to make all of the movie about that, but then the main character's thing isn't that. And it's like, it's weird too, because like the movie acts as though Buzz has made a mistake. He maybe he crashed the ship, but it wasn't his fault. It no. wasn't a mistake. The uh, crystal didn't work, but also not his fault. Nope. It just the, the people who were trying to make the crystals fault, if anybody's. Yeah. So, like, none of it was his fault. It's very strange. And so you could see this movie about being about, like, not blaming yourself for something. People can blame themselves all the time for things that aren't actually their fault. That's right. not the weird part. Exactly. The part is the fact that this is not what the movie is about. The movie so, seems to think that Buzz made an actual mistake. It's so weird. 
It's so, so weird. And it also seems like the screeners don't know the difference between those two things. Blaming yourself for something that wasn't really your fault or taking too much on yourself. You mentioned the teamwork thing. Talk about that in a second. And mistakes being a thing that you make and get better at. The most charitable interpretation of this is like, oh, we wanted this movie to be about mistakes broadly. Like we're making a a movie about the theme of mistakes. And what are all the different things? Blaming yourself for mistakes that weren't really your fault. That's really annoying because it's like a paint by numbers kind of annoying way to write stuff. But let's say you were going to do that. It still doesn't look like this movie because they were only talking about one kind of mistake the entire time. But then the main character just doesn't happen to have ever made that kind of mistake, which is one that's like needs self-confidence to overcome. So it's like if it had been very much a variety of things that we were dealing with there, I could believe it. But it wasn't. It was very clearly one thing every time. Lack of self-confidence, lack of self-confidence, lack of self-confidence. Not the main character's problem. Doesn't address the story. Why is it in this film? I don't know. Moving on. (laughs) So during the... Now we get past that mistake part and we're into a part of the movie which was probably one of the most annoying parts of this film. Mm -hmm. There is seriously 10 minutes of dialogue that is nothing other than people talking about time crystals. Oh, the time crystal. Oh, where's the time crystal? We need the time crystal to do the thing. We're going to test the time crystal. The time crystal will get us out here. Actually, time dilation is... it's, It's so annoying. There's no dialogue for seriously 10 minutes of this movie that isn't just business about a thing i don't even care about yeah who cares yeah they also kind of do a thing which often bothers me about sci-fi i feel like you can go two routes with science fiction you can either go really hardcore and get the science exactly right or you can kind of just throw a lot of that away and just be more magical and like loosey-goosey about it right not to say you can't successfully be in the middle area i think there are movies but A lot of times, if you just, like, throw out a concept like time dilation or something, it's just irritating. And this might just be more of a personal quirk. I I get really irritated by time travel stuff. I love time travel as a concept, but I'm also very particular about it because I'm, I'm very sensitive to any of, like, paradox stuff. Okay. And so it's I can find I find it to be very irritating sometimes, especially when people aren't taking it seriously enough. It's like, <laughs> well, this this movie's. That's why I yeah. say for me, I think if you're going to do time travel, you have to take it really seriously. They did not, and and here they threw it in as just like a, more like what I was talking where I said before, where it's like, hey, they did this in a sci-fi movie <laughs> once, right? And it's like it they threw time travel in that like flippantly. And it th- that is just, I'm like, forget it. This is ridiculous, you know? I'm not even there yet because I agree that the time travel stuff is kind of ridiculous because it comes in at the end, like, out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, there's time travel in this movie now? Because before there was just time dilation, which isn't really time travel. But then it, it becomes later about actual time travel. You're like, where did that come from? Yeah, well, and I think the time dilation thing bothered me because I'm like... You're trying to make it sciencey. Don't try to make it sciencey. Just right. say, "Oh, when he traveled around the planet, time moved faster for him." Like you don't have to yeah. bring in time dilation. It's just like yeah, it's it's it, it's bringing science into a non-science. Film. Exactly. Yeah. In order for a civilization to build ju- spacecrafts and big rings in outer space and all this sort of stuff, that's like a massive commitment of resources, right? So. If you built these giant deceleration rings out in outer space for your testing program, there is literally no possible way. There is literally no possible way in any sane version of this story 
that you have one attempt at using your thing every four years. There would be people going up testing fuel every like two months. Can we also say, can we also say, if your whole purpose yes. of traveling through space is to find a, a habitable planet, yes. you have landed on a planet that is so rich in natural yes. resources yeah. that you can build <laughs> yes. infinite, <Space> rings. <laughs> infinite, infinite technology yeah. and a giant laser dome shield. to shield yeah. you and housing. And, and everyone's you, fed. And everyone's well fed. Yeah. And Buzz is like, we got to get out of here. Yeah. And you're just like. What were you looking for? Like, <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> it's so dumb. And you're just like, okay, so they literally sent a guy up. And that they're just going to wait four years? Are you out of your goddamn mind? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Anyway, so that was pathetic. I'm just like, you didn't even try to write this I mean, story. Like, okay, can you imagine if it had been like every time Buzz goes back, things are worse and worse and worse because they're yeah, having to survive. Way more sense. And then Buzz is like, I have to try to yeah. save us. Like, look how desperate things are. And he's like seeing how his friends are suffering and it's like you could stay here and help us and he's like no but if i do this right but instead it's like they're thriving when he's gone and you're like what are you doing it's so stupid it's like they just don't yeah they don't have any idea and and they might say like well that's the point buzz is so focused on it he's like not seeing that things are actually going really well then why are they still doing this program (sighs) like that's the problem if they were not doing the program it would make sense but like i said do you know how much resources it takes to do that? It's a space program is the most resource intensive thing a civilization can do, period. So if you're doing it, it means it's of critical importance to the whole society. Like all of those people had to buy in to do that. What I don't know what their system of government is on this planet or whatever, but like they bought in for decades of this. They want to leave. So he's not missing the point. They are, too. It's so dumb. It's like the worst thing this planet has is some vines that sometimes... Which they just chop whenever they do that. It's like... Why... It's really, really stupid. It's like, hey, why don't you guys just spray some pesticide and call it a day? Anyway. So there's all this crystal talk, and then there's like, oh, the hyperspace drive, and blah, blah, blah. And then, then we find out that the way that you make the hyperspace fuel that actually works is a cat solves a problem... And then you, there are these goop containers that you goop, like a certain percentage of goop, four different containers, you goop them in, and then it bakes the fuel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is, oops, when we did that, we accidentally crushed the computer that the cat had stored the formula on. The cat is a robot. The cat is a robot, and it's four numbers. <laughs> It's the four numbers, and here's here's another thing we could talk about that probably, if they're percentages, you only need three because you could subtract the total from a hundred. So can this cat robot remember three numbers? They're short numbers. They're not big numbers. No, it's a robot. It knows without having been told. So not memory, but computationally, it knows how long they have been gone. When he does his hyperspace travel, (laughs) it can't remember the formula 
because literally the writers of this film don't give a shit. This is why I say, like, I just I never know what you mean when you say you think someone cared about this movie, because how could you care about this movie? If you thought about it for 15 seconds, you would know that these things don't make sense. You uh, this this movie wasn't on someone's mind every day. There's no way. No way. I mean, these are just blatantly ridiculous nonsense things that you would go, hmm, okay, we got to, I got to go back and rewrite this so that it feels legitimate. And they never did that. Not one scene got rewritten to appear legitimate. It was just like, oh, I need that thing to go away. Okay, he, it's crushed. Done. So no, nobody thought about this film. Yeah, nobody they, thought they, about the screenplay they, of this movie. They literally movie. were like, oh, we have a plot problem. Which is that... Yeah, it gets, gets crushed. You know, it's like the plot problem is like, okay, we need them to only have this one crystal yeah. so they can't make more crush the thing. Yeah, so, it, it gets crushed. Let's go to lunch, guys. And that's they, what happened. And that's the extent of the that the, that they thought about it, yeah, clearly, it's, because... It's, it's crap. It's like... It's absolute garbage. The first thing the audience thinks, at least maybe not a child or something, but the first thing the audience thinks is like, well, surely the robot cat remembers it. It's obvious that a robot would remember the formula. Why does the robot even have a computer? It's a computer. What are you doing? Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's so weird. It's just absolutely ridiculous, the movie. And it's not like you couldn't solve this problem another way. You could be like, oh, okay, there's like a supercomputer that solves the fuel formulas. And it creates this massive data bank that's on this, like, drive that we have to, like, plug into the thing to synthesize the formula. There. I solved your problem for you. Now the cat won't remember anything because he can't. Like, it's this huge deal to produce it, right? We literally they, did this in our comic. They couldn't be bothered. Yeah, we did, we did the same thing. It's like you what have, did we do? Oh, just you did the same thing where it's like, oh, give it to Digit to solve. But Digit's like, I can't process this. It's like way too much. So we have to take it to the prime puss. Yeah. It's just, it's like you come no, up it's with... No, so, it's so easy. <laughs> it takes like yeah, 10 yeah. seconds. You're just like, okay, what? come up with a real reason. Not, I stepped on it. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever the hell they think is writing in this thing. I don't understand. But And the weird part, too, is it's like what they thought they needed to explain. They spend years, years talking about this stupid crystal and the hyperspace and all this stuff. One line of dialogue, we need a more sophisticated computer to do this calculation, would have solved this problem. And they couldn't be bothered. They couldn't put that in the movie. They were too fundamentally lazy or confused to write that in there. So instead, we get 10 minutes of talking about a crystal we don't care about and don't need to know about, and nothing telling us why the supposed data that got lost was important. It's so weird. It's maddening to watch these Disney movies. It's just so (laughs) incompetent. The writing is awful. Anyway, so we move on from there. Buzz Lightyear walks back into the office of his old friend and finds that no one is there anymore. It's empty. But don't worry, she left a hologram on the table for him to listen to. Because apparently nobody needs this office, so she thought it would probably be the best place to leave it. Not in his quarters, where he lives, but in her old office where, like, the janitor might throw it out. Yeah, but Casey, we wanted to have that visual clarity. Yeah, I know. So you're like, okay, that's absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, the one saving grace here is you could say, like, maybe this is like a decommissioned facility. So she knows. No, literally the second after he watches it, the new office occupant comes in, which means that now, as far as the audience knows, 
if Buzz had arrived one day later, he never would have seen the hologram. Because that guy would be like, what the fuck is this? I don't know. Throw it out, right? So the the uh, the, uh, the writers even didn't care enough to, to not have that happen. Well, I feel like the other thing the other thing kind of similar to that that this movie does, which movies do fairly often these days, but it always drives me crazy. When Buzz comes back down and he crash lands yeah. outside the dome, out in the middle of nowhere, yeah. immediately encounters the granddaughter of his best friend. And a robot who both supposedly just saw the crash. It's like, no, it's been five seconds. Like, how <laughs> did they get here? Right? And it happens to be yeah. someone like... The, who just happened to... It just happens to be the granddaughter of his best friend happened to be the one person outside... Well, three of the people outside the laser dome... It's so, so, so And, like, to bad. be honest, I feel like that stuff starts to really add up where you're just, like, irritated by everything. That coincidence of meeting the daughter in another movie, or the granddaughter, in another movie you might let slide. But in this movie, it's like, you can't let it slide because it's just one more awful thing. I cannot believe Pete Doctor doesn't think this movie sucks. I would love to, it would be such an interesting interview if I could just ask him to explain any of this shit. Even just an explanation of why one of these things isn't just obviously evidence to you that you need to work harder on this and you shouldn't be blaming the audience because, like, it's obviously this is a slipshod job. But there's so many of them. Just, like, can you explain any of them? Do you have any explanation for why you don't think that an audience who watches this might tune out and go, this is just nonsense on the screen. None of it makes sense. It's all bullshit. It's all obviously just arranged just so because the writers had a couple things that they wanted to have happen. They don't care about what happens in between. They don't care about establishing the characters. I'm just supposed to take it on face value. How do they really believe the audience could be at fault? I mean, he might have been lying, right? He might Maybe. feel he might feel like, look, you can't talk. You cannot say your movie is bad. You can't. Maybe it's just like a corporate kind of thing Maybe. where it's like you can't say your product sucks. You could have said, I don't know. You just said, like, I don't know, you know, I don't know, you know, sometimes you win some, you lose some, but you I know, mean, I, yeah. movies are hard to make. You, we don't always make them great. We try the best we can. Next, right? I don't believe they tried the best they could, but, you know, whatever. I, look, I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. Anyway, what would have made sense that, right, you could, you could solve these problems too. You land back on the planet. We just make it so that the star base launching thing... Just, like, make a slight modification to what you had written before. And, in fact, this is better anyway because there's a number of reasons this is better. Make the starbase launching thing. It's further away from the laser dome part. Mm-hmm. So it's outside that. So Buzz Lightyear lands on it, but there's nobody there. Why is there nobody there? He goes in. He looks at the computer. He hasn't yet seen Hawthorne's office. So we move that scene out of the previous round and into this round. He goes to Hawthorne's office. There's nothing there. Well, and right? at this point, he's succeeded. So he'd be really excited to he's share excited. with her. He bursts in. There's nothing there. He's like, what's going on? He types in Hawthorne to the computer. It says location Hawthorne at this thing, right? He thinks that's her, but it's not. It's the daughter or whatever, the granddaughter, right? So he goes and they meet. Can you also think of like how much more emotional this would have been of if it's like he succeeds? Yes. He comes back excited yes. to tell her. Yes. And she's in, and finds out that she's passed it's away. It's so much better that way. Like that. It's so much better that way. And yeah. there's no hologram. There's no. no hologram. No, it's you don't get that closure. No. You don't get that final... You d- you didn't get to have that final conversation with your friend. That's what you missed. It's so... These people can't... I don't know why they get to write movies because they're so bad at it. There's got to be people better than this to hire, right? But apparently not. Anyway, 
So again, during this time period, we also totally failed to establish Hawthorne's character. And I think this is a huge problem with this. The elder or the younger? The elder. Okay. I think that's a huge problem with this movie. Again, like I said, even just one scene where Buzz and Hawthorne and her wife, who we, I don't even know if she has a name. We see her like she's she just like. She does say her name Kiki or something. Something she like sa- that. She says when she gets engaged. Uh, never saw, you know, never had her. She didn't have a speaking part as no. far as I know. right? No. Just one scene, they go out to dinner. Like, I should introduce you. Let's just go to the thing, right? Well, just and, and, something. And the other thing is, too, that gives a, that, that's a great way of showing all of the things that Buzz is missing. It's yes. like, oh, we started this, you know, soccer club yeah. for the thing and whatever. And it's like, oh, and look at all the, look at all the, like, stuff that's happening. We have a society here. We, our life is good. Yeah. Right? And like, uh, I don't, they talk about kids. They're like, oh, did you want kids? Like, oh yeah, we've always wanted kids. Maybe, you know, we're, we're trying now or something, right? Or, or you know, whatever. And Buzz is like, so they're like, do you want kids, Buzz? And he's like, you know, I, I never really thought never about thought it. Never thought about like, it, yeah. You know, just... Just, it's a, such a simple scene, guys. Just that's all we need. Just just anything. And you look at the difference, like I said, between classic movies that were about space, you know, Star Trek Two, Star Wars, whatever you want. There's way more conversations. People talk to each other about their hopes and dreams and fears yeah. way more than they do in this film. And yeah. by the time we get any of that, it's like it's the granddaughter Hawthorne talks a little bit about her fear of space and maybe not living up to her but but we never really that's not really a fear till like five seconds before it gets resolved anyway and it's just it's bad if you took that first 20 minutes and spread it out and made that the whole movie then you have yes. time for those quieter yes. scenes and the other thing is i was just thinking it's like okay so there's the movie is sort of torn between we'll say two major things which it thinks it's about that first 20 minutes is like you know buzz is missing out on living his life yes which is is potentially a very powerful statement. And then the other thing, which we kind of dive into in the second half, is like, mistakes! Right. And those are not the same thing. No, they're not. And the second one, like the, the mistakes thing, which is what we end up really dwelling on and kind of committing to. Right. It doesn't, it, like, who cares? Like, it's it, not that interesting. It, it doesn't have any emotional weight, and we don't care. But that first concept has that potential to be that pixar emotional gut punch thing like they used to have you can imagine it right yes uh and the movie for whatever reason decides not to commit to that and i i I guess it's just maybe they never thought never occurred to them or something i i don't know or they wanted to stuff too much into it i I don't really know why you would not focus on the one the one good idea you maybe had I totally agree they should have done that because then at least it would have been a good movie, but it also still would have been a shitty Buzz Lightyear movie because... Absolutely, yes. We still come back to the same problem. If you committed to that idea, it's also a bad film for the perspective of the film you claimed it was. So, again, that needed to get fixed. That's a very adult film. Very adult film. So, I think I said this before when I mentioned this. It's not a Buzz Lightyear movie. That is not a Buzz Lightyear movie. But this is not a Buzz Lightyear movie either. I agree. So, they should have done that because it would have at least been a good movie. It would have still been a shitty Buzz Lightyear movie, but it would have been a good non-Buzz Lightyear movie. And, and that honestly, I could have, you could have even just let that slide. Maybe it's just Buzz Lightyear, whatever, we have to attach it to an IP. Don't say it's the movie that Andy, wa- Andy <clears throat> watched. Don't explain it. It's just Buzz Lightyear. I don't know. Yeah, or whatever, or just make a new movie. I mean, I don't know. But it doesn't matter. The point being, they didn't do any of those things, so it doesn't matter that it's a bad Buzz Lightyear, because it would have been a bad regular movie, too. Okay, after all the exposition dumps and that stuff and whatever, and we land on the planet... 
And we don't ever get any scenes with the wife and we don't really feel any of that connection of missing the kids, you know, and whatever that sort of stuff. It's not even his kids. So it's missing like his friend's kids, which is a different thing. It's just really hollow and not very interesting. 24 minutes into this movie is where we are right now. Commander Hawthorne dies. It's 24 minutes into the movie. We have a character death. It's someone we literally just don't even freaking know. I didn't care at all. Mm -hmm. No idea who this person is. Mm -hmm. Don't care. Didn't really connect with anything at that point. So we're 24 minutes in this movie, and I have no idea. I don't care about this movie at all. I'm totally disinterested in it. And we've already got someone dying, and it just falls flat, mm-hmm. completely flat. And so then we go on to, like, the second part of this film, which is sort of like a bad road picture. Right? Yeah. It's like a road picture. It feels a little bit like Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one. Jack Sparrow and the Misfits of, of the crew, the misfit crew is going to do its thing, right? Another thing it kind of reminded me of is A Bug's Life, which I think is a pretty good film, I guess. Like, it's not great, but, you know, it's all right. Mm-hmm. One of those things they did in that movie that was truly annoying is at the very end of the movie, they, like, have this stupid kids thing in it. The blueberries. They're, like, <laughs> these little kids, and they're like, yeah, blueberries rock. And it's, like, so patronizing and bad and this movie like the whole back hour feels like blueberries to me yeah it's like these are the (laughs) toys you're supposed to buy right like this is the the quirky characters that are gonna save the day blah it's also that thing of like because they they didn't commit to the more serious adult tone of the first 20 minutes that's just gone because they were it's like it's literally vanished and they're like oh we have to have fun because it's supposed to be the movie that kids want to (laughs) see and so you put in these like doofy characters kind of annoying characters that kind of just suck at everything which is fine i mean it's fine it's not really i mean it would be fine if they had an idea of why that was going to be good but they literally just put in annoying characters for no reason scene that i thought was like kind of entertaining was one of the earliest, the first fight scene they're in, Buzz is like being dragged around by that robot robot. and they keep messing up. And I kind of liked that scene. I thought it was kind of funny. All right. Where he's like, I can't find the spear. (laughs) Like it came loaded with one, but I can't. Oh, there it is. I think part of it was uh, the sort of like action directing of it was, was comedic. Okay. Like, you know, when she throws the gun and it just misses and it gets stepped on immediately. Like that kind of stuff is, is... There's, I think there's some okay visual humor throughout. There were the, the I liked the cat, like the hairball, yeah. and some of those things. Well, were, and there's like the moment that the vending machine just like falls I into like the that, void. Yeah. There's the when he does like the portal thing with the little, yeah, like just you know, there's a few, yeah. there's a few fun visual moments. I would agree with that. And I think that scene is sort of in that category where it's just kind of because it's really early on with these characters, too. They haven't overstayed their welcome yet, where it's like okay. you're just discovering that they're incompetent. Right. Like, actually, at this point in the movie, you don't realize that. So I I, I was like mildly enjoying that scene, I would say. I did not enjoy that scene, I think, because I found Taiko Waititi's character really annoying. Um, And so I didn't read it as comedy. I just read it as annoying. I do agree that, like, you know, if it was Ben Stiller or something, I probably would have laughed. At that, at the like, it came loaded with a spear, and I'm not sure. Okay, which end goes in? You know, I could believe that being funny. I don't know. Taika Waititi mm. to me didn't sell it, but if it worked for you, it worked, it worked for, for me. you. So I, that's like, totally fine. I, I like Taika Waititi. Okay. I think he's just kind of inherently funny, so right. it, it worked for me. So there's really not a lot of detail that we need to go into for the next few parts. I mean, because I think the they're next, kind of just random. The next big thing to talk about is probably Future Buzz. 
Yeah, we can kind of skip to future buzz. Let me do a highlights reel of all the stuff that sucked in between there really quickly. Okay. Because even though literally nothing happens between there and old buzz, it's just stupid action scenes, Mm -hmm. they still don't make any sense. Okay. So I'll really quickly rattle off the things that I noticed in there that didn't make any sense Mm -hmm. to me. First of all, it doesn't make any sense to me why Buzz, when training someone on the suit, wouldn't have mentioned the fact that the stealth timer only lasts for about 15 seconds. It's like the main, it's the it's first thing the main thing, thing you, you would, would tell someone yeah. it, in Buzz's basic training, that is what they would have gone over. They'd be like, you have 15 seconds when you push the button. He would have said that straight away. Absolutely ridiculous. So stupid when you watch it that you're like, this is not Buzz Lightyear. Again. Especially since he knows he's dealing with idiots, he would be like, now remember. (laughs) Because, again, it would be the first thing in his training, too. When they were training you on that suit, that is what you would tell somebody. It's not a weird ancillary thing. Then we get this weird thing with the cones. There are those, like, cones in the ceiling. Oh, yeah, yeah. That merge. Mm -hmm. So that was one of those things where you're just like, wait, what is supposed to have happened? You showed me these physical, non-merging discs Mm -hmm. on the ceiling that... Shoot the cone out. What's happening on the ceiling when we those two things we merge? We specifically don't show that. And they never show it. I'm like, wait, so you knew this didn't work and you made it anyway. Like, what are you doing? Just cut the ceiling. Yeah. Again, if you cared about this movie, you just cut that one shot that shows the discs in the it's first true, place. because you don't actually need to know. You, you don't need com- to know. You don't need to know where they're coming from to understand how they work. It's not really important. This is why I say, like, I don't believe anyone cared about this film. Because literally sit down and watch that scene and go, oh, we never figured out why those two things merge. So just cut that. Just show the things come down. Or, That's the or I mean, I can understand why you would be like, like you could show them merging. Show what yeah. what happens when those two sphere, yeah. like circles hit each it's other. Like, oh, they they like gear into each other. There's like an opening yeah, which, thing, right? Because it, obviously animation costs a lot. I can understand why you wouldn't want to do that. Oh, come on. I mean, it's Pixar. They but, made a 90 minute movie. No, I get it. I'm just saying like. But the easiest solution is just cut the shots. Do whatever. Of the, yeah. I don't care. It's just clear no one thought about this film. You didn't. Well, it's, you never. It's the, they never thought about anything in this movie. I think it's the lack of commitment to the sci-fi concepts too. It's like it's sort of just throwing stuff in there because it looks cool or seems cool to them, and not thinking about it in like how it actually works. Next question: Why does Zerg show up? I have no idea because he was following them in a space fighter. He shoots them down, and then he left. He left so he could come back again later. Maybe he had, I mean, he's an old man. Maybe he had to take like a piss, you know, a, a space piss, space piss. That suit doesn't have it was time a for catheter. It, it was time for his pills. Like, I don't know. That didn't make any sense. And then, and then the robot with one arm shows up. Yeah, I just but, like to say yeah, that Casey, one more time. Yeah, but Casey, we've cut back to him multiple times walking across the landscape following them. How did he follow them? They were in a spaceship. Spaceships don't leave yeah, but tracks. We, but we we made an effort to show him following them. Following what? What was he following? Them. <laughs> <laughs> because. <laughs> oh, can the robot do that? I don't know. <laughs> Every, Don't ask questions. It's like every scene in this movie is a is a screen rants pitch meeting guy going like, is it is it going to be difficult to do that? That's going to be super easy. Barely an inconvenience. So even that sequence, that's just nothing that happens for a while. And it culminates with Buzz Lightyear <laughs> running past the crystal he's trying to get. 
So it's like in that scene, they're like, the crystal has to get taken. And they're like, oh, OK, should we come up with some way interesting action sequence in which the crystal gets taken? No. Buzz Lightyear, rather than just picking the crystal up or standing in front of the crystal and defending it, mm-hmm. just runs past it like a good hundred feet. I don't know why. I don't know where he was going. Well, it also, it makes that scene really confusing. Where was he going? It, it, like, it also makes the scene kind of visually confusing, it because, visually it, because confusing. it's so nonsensical. Like, in my head, I didn't even process that he had run past it like and so then i didn't understand how it was between them and why she was running for it because like why would he run past it it was confusing if he was trying to defend the crystal while someone else took it he would stand in front of the crystal and shoot and he was right yeah but he was specifically like not wanting them to help him so i don't know but he does tell them to help him he says get the crystal yeah yeah so i'm assuming he will stand in front of the crystal and shoot no he runs so far away he could have literally carried the crystal back to the ship For the amount of distance he ran. It's a nonsense scene. It's so bad. But you know what happened. It was just like, oh, we have to have a reason why uh, the Hawthorne granddaughter screws up. Because she has to have a part where she feels bad about making a mistake. But the thing is, she already already did. She already screwed up. She's the whole reason that the crystals got ejected. So it's like, you don't have to do any more than that anyway. And then we come here. We come here to like the biggest, dumbest plot thing, which is is like, if there are two buzzes that exist in the same timeline that are speaking to each other, clearly the plan that old buzz has can't fucking work. Yes. Because if it did work, there wouldn't be two buzzes. Yes. There would only be one buzz. So your plan to go back and erase everything, all you're going to do is like create a third buzz. I I guess. I assume. But one of the huge problems with this movie is there is no explanation for why there are two buzzes. Because... We are specifically told that the Buzz Lightyear, who is now Old Buzz, who is Zerg Buzz, Mm -hmm. whatever that is, Old Buzz Lightyear specifically says that the furthest back he's ever been able to go in time is right then. All they said that for was you're trying to solve the plot question of like, well, if you can time travel, why didn't you just go back to do the thing you're trying to do now? Why are you here at all? And he was like, well, I couldn't get back far enough. It's not an exact science. It's like, well, here's my assumption. My assumption is the following thing is supposed to have happened. Buzz Lightyear, he lands on the planet, the old Buzz Lightyear. Old Buzz, yeah. Lands on the planet. They try to arrest him. He takes off, and there's no explanation. He flies away for a long time. Mm -hmm. There's no explanation for why he does that. No one's chasing him. He just does. That's weird, but he does that. He then finds, like, alien technology or something that allows him to jump backwards in time. He jumps back as far as he can, I guess, which happens to be when the other Buzz Lightyear lands on the planet. They're still both in the same timeline. There's not two timelines, would mm-hmm. be my interpretation of this. Right, no, He's there's in not, the same timeline, and the reason that the other Buzz Lightyear, who's landed on the planet, doesn't get arrested by Space Force is because the old Buzz is attacking with robots. Right. Right? Right. So it's just one timeline. There's two buzzes because there's the buzz from the future that comes back, and now there's this buzz. But right. he's but that's what I'm saying. Two timelines in the sense that the path that old buzz took is no longer available to current buzz. That buzz is now yes, they exist in the Correct. same time, but they have now the timeline for buzz has split off. Right? It is now Correct. two timelines, which is why I say if old buzz succeeded at going back, yes, all he would do is make a third. I mean, I guess a second. Because he would have, if he had not managed to split this buzz off, buzz off he would have just gone and split off like a, another buzz timeline. Yes. You're totally right. As far as I know, 
But again, I don't know. That's the best I could do with trying to understand what the movie authors are trying to say. I agree. I don't understand why they think this would fix any problems because if that, like you said, if the old Buzz Lightyear still exists, that means that all the things that happened in his timeline still happen, which means that if he goes back and quote unquote fixes his mistake, all he is doing is creating an alternate version of the world that has that mistake fixed, but the one where it isn't fixed still all occurs. Well, and the and and therefore Buzz and all his friends are still fine. And it doesn't fix your mistake. It fixes the mistake for some other version of Buzz that isn't you, but your mistake is still, still there yeah. because you are still there. I also think you're being way too dismissive of the thing of like... I'm being dismissive? Of just... Oh, because the thing where Buzz was like, I went back as far as I could because... The plot. Oh, I'm not being dismissive. It's horrible. Because the plot required me to interact with this Buzz because he's who the story's about. Like, no. Like, if Buzz is going to go back in time, he's going to go back in time to the time he wants. He's not going to kind of fail to go back in time to the time he wants, but end up just where our uh, main character is. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? It was pretty bad, but it's such a shaky premise to begin Mm -hmm. with that the whole thing is terrible. The other thing is, like, okay, he goes way off into the distance and encounters, like, empty alien spaceship that he can just take. It was weird. And there was a robot suit that opens up. Like, we see it opening up and he, like, gets into it. It's like, what's it doing there? And literally, they, like, that's literally, like, a five-second scene where they're just like, it's fine. Just trust us. This works. It's so bad. And then at the very end, then, uh, ah, when, when, when they're all flying down toward the planet after the ship self-destructs and like th- that ship is destroyed yeah so old buzz is like totally stranded yeah. all he's got is a zerg outfit but yeah, he's yeah. like oh but i've got the crystal now yeah. what are you gonna do with it <laughs> buzz yeah what's yeah. your plan now yeah Ugh. this is why i say like this is seriously one of the worst screenplays ever written every single scene in this movie is a disaster <laughs> nothing works the theme doesn't work the story doesn't work the scenes don't work the characters don't work Everything is bad. And yeah, it's like the the world, like it looks like super generic sci-fi. Like if you had an AI, if you had, if you typed into an AI, like sci-fi set, like this yeah. is what you end up with. It's yeah. so generic. It's it like is. a mush of all the most generic sci-fi stuff you can picture. I'm trying to think if there's anything else to say about what actually happens in the movie. The movie, the literal, <laughs> like final big thing that mm-hmm. happens in the movie is like they save the ship with like a disposable pen thing or whatever it's like it's like a pen suit pen thing like no like you need to have a good ending to the movie that was a lousy ending to the movie no, i right? i, I um, totally agree it's just like if that was just me, a thing that had happened sure but it wasn't it was I the guess, an, last I, thing that happens I, in this I, movie is that I, I guess for me it was just like there's so many other like fundamental complaints up until that point that yeah. that just feels like a small thing. I mean, maybe you could say that the uh, the buzz thing does too, because it's like the movie's so broken. It's such a train wreck. It's so broken. It needs a rewrite completely. Like you don't fix this. There's nothing fixable in this film. Well, I think as we've talked about, like we can think of we can think of some ways that you would take some of the better ideas, like that first twenty minutes, right. and and spread that out into a movie in a way that is probably good. Not a Buzz Lightyear movie, but a good 
sci-fi movies. So, like, I, I, it's not to say there's nothing. Well, and calling it an idea is maybe a little aggressive because, like, li- it literally was in Interstellar already. No, so, it, it's another. So we're not, yeah, we're not really talking about an idea, as in the people who made this movie had an idea. Because people who made this movie didn't have any ideas. There's no ideas in this movie that weren't already no, in another movie. And that's why I say this is the most derivative sci-fi movie I've ever seen, yeah. in that it has zero original ideas, as yes. far as I know. Yeah, everything is pulled from, from pre-existing science fiction movies, and yeah. Not in like an intentional good way that you might make. Not, they were not homages. They right, were just it, like, I don't know, here's an idea that was in some film, right? Right, because there are a few moments that I think are direct homages. There's a few Star Wars, like direct okay. Star Wars homages in this movie. But for the most part, the things that they are pulling from are just like Interstellar. They are pulling from a lot. Yeah. And that's not a movie that existed. That's not a movie that existed no. in 1995. No. If your movie feels like Interstellar, it it doesn't feel like a movie from 1995, folks. Yeah. The other thing I want to talk about briefly then, because this movie is a disaster, so hopefully we've established just how bad this movie is. I mean, I think at this point people are probably tired of hearing about Lightyear. So I also wanted to say uh, there's a separate axis of criticism, separate from all of the just like picking apart just how terrible of a job they did on everything they actually did. Except, except I would say animation's very good. Animation quality is high. Tech is very good. Lighting quality is high. And I would say the designs are, they are generic, but they are well done. So I wanted to talk about a separate axis of criticism, which is criticizing what they did not do. Okay. I just want to end on that because this was supposed to be a Buzz Lightyear movie. Buzz Lightyear, if you think about the things that we might want to see happen there, right? We want to earn the phrases that come out of Buzz Lightyear's toy. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the big things we should be working on mm-hmm. right? when we're trying to like get this screenplay really good as if that happens at Disney. But let's suppose we were trying to actually make a good screenplay. That would be one of the main goals on the board. Would and, be like, and the other one would be the um, the reveal of the the wings on the, the reveal suit. of the wings on the suit. Because that's like one of the that's of Toy Story. That is the most Iconic like, thing. Iconic yeah. moment in Toy Story is when the, he actually flies, right? It's And so there's a lot of weight in those wings. Yes. So they failed at all of that. Yeah. There's did, not yeah. a single, to, like, to infinity and beyond didn't work at all mm-hmm. in this. It was just a stupid thing. They said, we never know why they said it. We don't see the genesis of that phrase. It doesn't matter in the movie. Yeah, because we don't care about that relationship. We don't care about the relationship, but we don't know why they say it. We have no idea why those two characters say that. It makes no sense. Well, they're in the movie together, so they must be best friends. I guess, but we don't know why they say that. We should have seen why they said that or something. Two, not today, never worked. What does that mean? It doesn't fit into what happens in this movie at all. You needed to have a reason why that would be something someone would say, right? And the Zerg being his father. That's supposed to be part of this movie. That's that's one of the only things we know about Buzz Lightyear. It's so weird. They got zero of the things that you might want to mm-hmm. do. They had no ideas. Their entire ideas were, we put it in the movie. We just have him say it in the movie. That's the idea. That's all they had. Yeah. Then they ignored the dad thing. 
And then the only thing they tried to do was the wings. It's the eject, like they made it be the it's eject probably, system, right? It's probably the one that works the best of those that they attempt because they at least try to put it during like a pivotal climac- climactic right. moment in the movie and they make it visually impressive and all that. So it's the closest. But it doesn't work mm-hmm. because yeah. we don't know what's happening Exactly, at that point, exactly. Yeah. Right? We don't, I don't know, they're like crash landing a thing and it's like, I guess it will help to have some wings well, that seems now. totally ridiculous. You're like, okay, so we're going to burn um, up in the atmosphere, but like Buzz here is good. The suit apparently is like able to withstand. I just hate this kind of writing so much. Yeah. I hate it so much. It, it feels like viscerally repulsive to mm-hmm. me that people do this kind of shit. The wings don't fucking matter because... What they wanted the stupid movie to be about was teamwork at this point. Because teamwork makes dreams work, Anna. So instead of just having Buzz Lightyear save the day with the wings, which is what is supposed to freaking happen in even the most brain-dead version of the script, they couldn't do it. So they were like, oh, he can't steady the ship with the wings. So they don't want to make the wings pointless because they had to have the wings in it because this was the best they could fucking come up with. You have to put them in because it's a Buzz Lightyear movie. But then they wanted it to be about teamwork because for some reason they think this movie is about teamwork, even though it's not. None of the movie is about teamwork. There's nothing to do with teamwork or any of that stuff in this movie. And besides the fact, what is the one thing that we know about the Buzz Lightyear character in this movie? He thinks the world of his partner He loved Hawthorne. He wanted to do everything with her. This is not a man who has trouble with teamwork. It's a man who has trouble with rookies. What he doesn't like is incompetence, not teamwork. Do you read your own fucking script, Disney? Do you know what you wrote down earlier in the movie? (laughs) Or do you just forget and you write scenes because you think someone told you teamwork was important? Anyway... So what do they do? They make it so he has to, quote unquote, steady the ship for them while they do something else uh, using the air brake and something else. And you're just like, that is so pathetic. Well, the other thing, too, is it's like weird that they chose to make it about teamwork a little bit, because if you think about the toy and so, first of all, Andy only buys Buzz Lightyear. Right. No cat. Not the other three Rangers. Which is hilarious because they made the cat. I mean, I like the cat because he's a cat, but they made him so kids would buy toys of him. Right. But it's like, Andy only buys the Buzz. Yeah. And Buzz is like really reluctant. He doesn't trust Woody. Right. I mean, I mean, maybe they chose the teamwork thing because they thought like, oh, it's like Woody and Buzz or I don't know. But it's just like. Well, they could have made a movie about that. Right? Yeah. So the movie, the version of this movie where someone actually gave a shit at the outset of the movie, Buzz doesn't want anyone to come with him. And the reason why their ship gets marooned is because he went by himself. Yeah. You've seen it millions of times before. There are so many movies with that plot that you don't even have to do it yourself. You can just write it down from another movie. He goes by himself, and then the reason they get marooned is because he didn't have anyone. If only he had had someone else with him. It would have gone fine because that person could have done the thing or rescued or or called for help or thrown the rope or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Done. Now you can have an ending that's about teamwork. There's tons of teamwork in the beginning of the movie. She throws the gun to him. He catches it. They like fist bump. It's like. What are you talking about? She goes to the engine room. He goes to the bridge. Yeah, I mean, for the right off the bat, it's like he loves his partner. He, he loves his partner. He does. Yeah, as you said, 
He what he doesn't like is rookies, incompetent yes. rookies. Which that could have been a different direction of the movie if you want it to be about like, okay, you you got to take the time to nurture these people, and then they'll become good teammates, and that's what he learns as part of this movie. That's another movie. No content. In this movie is about that. There's like one scene where he helps give the other person self-confidence, but we never address it again. It's so weird. It's just it's so incompetent that I do not understand how you blame the audience for this film. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear, too, that like all of the things we're talking about, viewers maybe don't internalize all of this. Right. But I mean, this stuff makes bad movies. It makes movies that people don't resonate with. And so. There's plenty of movies that we would argue have very bad scripts that are actually still really popular for various other reasons. And uh, this movie was not popular. And I think it's it's it really shows like just how much it failed on on so many levels. It fails on every possible level it can fail. Yeah. It fails at being fun. It fails at being funny. It fails at being dramatic. It fails at being meaningful. It fails at even having a plot that makes sense. Well, it fails at targeting an audience like it yeah. doesn't. It's it's confused about who it's for. For. Is it for kids? Is it for adults? It doesn't really know. I think it's afraid to be for adults because in America in particular, animation is viewed as more of a kiddie medium. So there's probably risk that comes with making an an adult animated movie, right? So you're like, okay, well, then we have to sort of make it for kids. But they definitely didn't commit to that either. And so you kind of end up in this like uh, area. And I think you you really can't not make it for kids because even if you took the Disney, like, we make movies for kids out of the equation, Andy has to have seen this movie. You handcuffed yourselves by making that be your tie-in. So I say, I think if you free this movie from the Lightyear connection, if you just say we're going to make an adult sci-fi movie and do that and commit to it, I don't know... I don't know. Are we done? Can we I be think done? so. I mean, it's a horrible movie. I've complained about just about every part of it. You complained way more than you thought you were going to, because I think when we went into this, you said something like, well, you know, this is just going to be a Casey Rance one anyway, so I don't have to say much. You ranted as much as I did, and honestly, I loved it. Well, I don't like this movie. I, I, you know, I I love animation. Me Anima- too, actually. Animation is... You know, especially like, you know, Disney and Pixar stuff was so formative to me and so important to me becoming like the person I am and the artist I am. And so it's kind of painful to see that, like to just feel so hopeless about the state of of animation, like the storytelling and the it's just it's just a bummer. Yeah. Anyway, we done? I think we're done. All right, folks. Bye. Bye.